What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Carpool Gaming's The PlayStation Drive. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host for today's events. I'm joined, as always, by the Supreme Court of Canada himself, Mr. Court Lalonde. What's up, Court? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I'm I'm feeling edgy. I'm feeling I'm feeling like I want to grow my hair out and sweep it over my eyes. I want to go dancing on the street. How you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm about as we just discussed. I think I'm. According to the PlayStation 5, it says that I'm 50% through. I've put um, 15 hours into the game. Okay. Um, but I, as we discussed also, I have, um, I'm not, not leaving anything. Like, there is no side quest. There's nothing else on the map that I can do right now at the point I'm in the game. I've almost got all of the, uh, the, the spider bots. I've got three more left to collect. Yeah, well, I have I issues. Got I have all of the spider bots, so man, we're going to talk all about Spider-Man very, very soon, but on this week's show, obviously we're going to be talking all things Spider-Man 2, we're going to be talking about a potential Venom spinoff, we're going to be talking about Iron Man? It's a Marvel-themed episode, I guess, so strap in and please be excited. Uh, but first, first, we have to clean this garage of ours, there's webs everywhere, I let Cord in for five minutes, he left, there's just webs all over the place, sticky stuff everywhere, I don't know what he was doing in there, but this is the thing that happened when I let Cord into the garage. Uh, but if you're watching us live on YouTube.com slash CarpoolGaming right now, please like the stream, hit that bell so you're notified when we go live, share, you know, leave a comment, folks, we love the comments, they help us feel good, they help us do even bigger and better, so please Leave us a comment. What do you think about 19 inches of venom? Okay, it's a simple question. Just answer it in the comments below. If you're listening to us on your podcast service of choice, hit us with that five star review. Hit us with, hold on, wait. Court's now just telling me that my audio sounds off. Is hey. that better? Thank you. That's probably why my so before everybody who's the, who's the audio listeners, I was putting on uh, earbuds, and for some reason Matt was cutting in and out, and I think it's because it was going through a very bad speaker and it wasn't catching you. Well, there we go. Now we've at least fixed the problem. Thank you for letting me know. But the podcast listeners, for you, it doesn't matter because all of the audio is probably coming in nice and clean for you guys. YouTube, sorry, the first couple of minutes were a little off, but we back. Uh, but for the podcast listeners, make sure you come check out the video. I got 19 inches of venom. I'm in a suit. Quartz wearing a t-shirt. Come hang out with us here as well. But we appreciate you all very, very much. If you have extra bucks to toss our way, head to patreon.com slash Carpool Gaming, throwing tips in the old tip jar, and now comes a cornucopia of content for you to consume. But without further ado, my friend, I feel like, you know, there may be like a high profile game that just came out that like you and I may maybe have been playing uh, on our playlist, but I'm going to, I'm going to just toss this out right now, folks. Uh, we're going to keep this as spoiler free as possible. We're not going to be getting into the nitty gritty of anything story or anything spoilery. Uh, so do, you know, listen without fear. Uh, we're going to do our best to keep it nice and spoiler free for y'all, but court, I'm going to toss it to you first. How are we feeling about Spider-Man 2? Well, it's not the only thing I've been playing though. What does anything else matter? Fine, tell me what the other stuff you've been playing first. Oh wow, it's it's going to be the same thing every single week. I've been playing NHL twenty four, but I've only been doing that to walk away from Spider Man. But I think I'm really loving the game. We're we're gonna obviously go into. I guess we could just. I've been playing NHL twenty four. I guess we just go into the game because that's that's what we've been playing. Um, uh, like I said before, I'm about fifteen hours, just over fifteen hours playing the game. I would honestly say about 10 of those hours I have played with my daughter. Aww. So this is a, an amazing experience that I've been having that's different than I've ever done with a game before because of the um, check the controller assist that you're able to do on the PlayStation 5. 
I've been using my Spider-Man controller, but at the same time, my daughter has been able to use her purple controller. So what happens is she swings me around and brings me to everywhere. Um, there's certain missions, and I'm not going to say that she has zero issue. Uh, we did the, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's Haley. Yeah, Haley mission yesterday. Uh, one of the best missions. That's all I'm going to say. One of the best missions I've ever played in a video game. Um, she loved it. Um, she got yep. it. She totally understood it, um, which was amazing. She got to do any of the times we're um, <laughs> riding the bicycle. Um, I let her do those missions as well. Um, anything that she could do, she would. And she would even try and do combat sequences. Um, so any of the the crimes, she could pretty much do them now, which is pretty impressive. Like she knows the combo. She knows the L's and R's and, and pressing the buttons and doing stuff. So I've been playing pretty much my whole playthrough with her, except some on my own. But it's been awesome because she's getting to know the characters. We did a whole night last night of going on YouTube and going on the Internet to figure out who Craven was, his backstory. She wanted more information about each character. Um, he's a bad man, she said. And I'm kind of glad I actually just Fair. played a part where she wasn't around for, where we're, I, I can't even, I don't even want to say. Things happened. Things happen, and she would have been like, oh, Craven's a very bad man. So it's been amazing. Um, it's been spectacular. I'm loving the combat. I'm, I'm, I'm actually enamored with the DualSense functionalities and the swing. I do love how you're, you can feel it in the triggers. And it's one of those things that PlayStation can set themselves apart from anything until Xbox does have that controller that comes out. It does add to the game, especially on the web swing, when you feel it. Um, but I do find myself web winging like it's nobody's business and, and doing that more than anything else. Uh, I've been going through and collecting trophies. I've been having, I'm going to definitely 100% platinum it. Uh, all I think all I have to let really do is do story beats and collect three more spider bots. And then everything else that the trophies I'm going to get are all story related. Um, so I'll definitely have the platinum when I finish this game. Um, the map is a lot bigger and takes a lot longer than I expected. So I knew that we were going to have the two maps put together, but at the same time, I'm like, well, it probably won't take that long. And it does take a pretty long time from going side to side, but with that amazing fast travel of just going there pressing the, the button and then just swinging in, which is unbelievable. Uh, it is very easy to get around the map, but at the same time, they have made a very vibrant, a very live map. The NPCs say different things. You actually can see people inside buildings watching TV or having mm -hmm. conversations and such. I've been looking for little tiny Easter eggs by that. I haven't found any yet, but you know it's there. Which no one's just found it yet. I'm sure in one of these apartment buildings, there's like two devs having a conversation and we get to like in on it. Um, the amount of cats and stuffed animals in this game is amazing, which has also made my daughter extremely happy. We've been taking pictures of all the cats. We already got Miles' suit <laughs> with, with Spider-Man on his back. Um, and all the stuffed animals that we've been finding, um, the relationship between Peter and Harry is, um, just evolving for me. And I'm very curious. The, the actor, and I can't, I don't know his name right now. And I, I didn't write it down who plays Harry has done a phenomenal job. It's actually been a highlight to me on how well of a job he's done. Um, and I'm very interested to see where the art goes. As I said, I'm only halfway through, um, the collectibles and such are, they are what they are. The side missions are great, but I will say there are some that I'm like, yeah, I could have done without them. Um, some of them just, it kind of got to me and I'm like, really? All right. And we, and 
for people. There is Mary Jane missions again. It is what it is, but it, they're not they're not as cumbersome. I would use I think is a good way to describe them. Um, and then what else? I got Spider Bots, Craven Cat, um, Craven. Wow, as a character, wow, he is definitely a villain. He is definitely the scariest villain I've ever had in a Spider-Man game. And I will say this: I think they've done a, a phenomenal job of the story itself doesn't feel bloated, and it's captivating, and it feels like I'm watching a movie as I'm playing a video game. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I think the game is like completely blown me away so far. I went into this game knowing I was going to like it. Obviously, it's another Insomniac Spider-Man game. Us liking it, us it being great is is a given like that's not a problem um and i think for me like coming into it i was like listen uh as much as 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 excited as i am for this game and as excited as i am to play it like baldur's gate 3 was such a a huge experience for me i don't see how this game is going to take it down and it has spider-man 2 is my current game of the year i'm about 15 hours in i'm pretty much the exact same point story-wise as court um i've probably done a little bit less on the side content um, but I've been, you know, I've collected all the spider bots. That is one thing that I did because I, I just needed to see where it went. Um, and then I've done a bunch of, I have done a bunch of the side content. I think this is bar none. Some of my favorite side content in any video game ever. Like some of it has made me cry. Um, some of it has hit me like straight in the heart. Um, it, and the thing is Howard. everything, I haven't done that one yet. So oh, I haven't wow. done that one You're yet. You're not even there I know. yet. I've done, there was some other stuff, um, that just like crushed me. Like absolutely crushed. Oh, that's the special stuff that I told you about. Yeah, it did with that I did with Emma. It was it's powerful, right? Yeah, like some of like the stuff. Yeah, the stuff that you did with Emmy uh, Emma was it was incredible. Uh, but there's another couple. There was another mission there that all I'm gonna say is that like because all you're given is find Grandpa, and that mission destroyed me. Really? Like absolutely. Well, yeah. Timing is everything, right? I exactly right. So like it, it absolutely destroyed me. Um, the combat feels fantastic. The game is definitely tougher than what came before and i am okay with that i feel like i've gotten like coming back to the spider-man was like riding a bike within like a couple minutes i like everything that i wanted to do i was doing again can we never uh, do that felt... in a video game again though riding what do you mean bikes riding bikes oh i know right the, yeah but like i don't know i feel like i understand the complaint the maybe not complaints but the criticism that was lodged toward it with like the first act being kind of slow i really liked all of the setup i can see where the game is going i understand what it's trying to do and so far i don't think i i have literally nothing negative to say about this game except for one thing which i'll get to in a little bit but i think the side content is all fantastic uh, i think a lot of the collectible stuff i i, I love actively being in that world i think i've used the fast travel like twice just because i always opt to move through the city hitting crimes along the way you know picking up whatever side content i can as i go rather than using the fast travel just because i enjoy moving through the city that much i'm making a very conscious effort to balance out the web wings with the swinging because i really love the swinging and like the kind of ground traversal um in terms of like the flips and like the the you know the jump off points and there's so i'm trying to this is trophy. yeah so i'm trying to do as much as i can in terms of like being very conscious of how i'm moving but like the, everything that they're doing with the characters, I've had some genuine surprises so far. I'm very, very, very excited to go because I think where you and I pretty much are as the, like the beginning of Act Three, I would call it. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure we're like you know we're towards now the back half of the game. Uh, I I just I love everything that they're doing, uh, especially a lot of the side content. And this is what I really liked about a lot of it that came before as well. Insomniac just understands Spider Man. 
it's they're not all giant grandiose missions that are you know fight down they take out this villain or do this thing this that or the other they're very human they're dealing with the community you're a lot of miles missions are focused on helping the the people that are around him and it's the same thing with peter there's just a genuine heart to a lot of the writing and a lot of the presentation that is just spider-man through and through so for me i'm absolutely loving it i don't want it to end but i also can't stop playing it i also just like i i really want to see what's around the corner but at the same time i want to just kind of you know slow down but at the same time i don't like i'm stuck in this cash 22 like i just i'll just all i want to do is play all i'm doing I is think, thinking about this game i think i'll be done in like a couple days like not even like i have to be on on the road the next two days but like i'm i'm with you i'm like i'm playing it as soon as like right before i go to bed i'm i'm yep. getting up at five o'clock in the morning and i'm playing it for an hour before my kid gets up like i not yeah. stop playing this game a hundred percent and it's just like it's it's so so good so like for to insomniac to the entire cast and crew to all the developers thank you like this game is genuinely incredible i am absolutely loving my time with it uh and it's yeah it's pretty much all i've been playing i've been playing a bunch of mario wonder with my partner as well uh wonderful beautiful the animation's great um really enjoying it but like spider-man is just completely like eating me alive right now i, I can't i can't stop it's interesting you say that because my daughter originally asked for um, Mario Wonder for her birthday, but I bought those ticket things. So I'm like, I, I turned to my wife. I'm like, whatever. It was family fun yeah, night. Yeah. And on Saturday night, on Friday night, we watched a movie. And then on Saturday night, we're like, well, what are you going to do? And my wife's like, well, I don't want to play Spider-Man. My daughter and I are like, well, we really want to. And we're like, all right, you know what? We'll get Mario <laughs> Wonder. So I used one of my tickets and we got Mario Wonder. And we started playing it and we played it for about an hour. And my daughter like elbows me and she goes, this is great and all, but you know, it would be really good. She's like, if we went and played Spider-Man. And I just looked at my wife and was like, yeah, so we're going to go play video games and just figure out what you're going to do. So on Saturday night, my daughter and I played it for like two hours. She just loves swinging around the world and finding mm-hmm. things. So that was the the interesting part of um, getting a lot of the collectibles. My daughter just wants to go do it. It's like she's like made for Ubisoft games. She's like, I can just go to this part of the map. She's like, just tell me where I need to go. And she wants to find everything. She, um, we watched a video on how to do the trophy to do the web wing and not touch the ground from one side to the mm-hmm. other, plus going across. Yep. So she's like, I want to do it. I'm like, okay. It took her about six tries. She pulled it off. She popped that trophy. Nicely not me. done. Yeah, yeah. So she watched the video and she was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this because we're, we're just trying to do it without it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't got time for this. I want to be able to <laughs> play the. So I was like, all right, let's yeah. just go get this trophy. And uh, yeah, we were able to figure it out. I was like, this is this is pretty impressive. She loves going to the top of the tallest buildings and then jumping off. And then when she learned about the web wings, she thought it was the greatest thing that's ever been invented in a video <laughs> game. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm super, super excited to keep going with it. I'm sure we'll both be done by next week's show. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that I'll be finishing I, yeah, this like, as soon as would, possible. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, and, definitely, definitely going to be done. And similarly, like, I'm going for the Platinum. I'm not usually one that chases the Platinums, but I've gotten in every other Spider-Man game multiple times at this point now. So, uh, yeah, I'm back in. But let's stay on this Spider-Man train as we roll over on to talk about some news. Because coming from our friends over at Console Creatures, Spider-Man 2 has now sold 2.5 million copies on PS5 in the first 24 hours, earning the title fastest selling PlayStation Studio game in PlayStation's history. With the weekend over, we got sales data for Marvel Spider-Man 2 with PlayStation revealing on Twitter that Sony's most recent first-party PlayStation exclusive has sold 2.5 million copies in its first 24 hours after the title officially went on sale. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Man original released in 2018, nearly five years after the PS4's launch, sold 3.3 million copies. Um, We don't have exact apples-to-apples comparison data in terms of its first three days, but obviously 
It's the fastest selling game so far. It's off to a huge start. And this is, you know, written by Dennis Price. So Court sitting on one console, only on the PS5. This thing is already coming out the gate. Absolutely swinging. Do you think it overtakes Spider-Man 1 sales? I think it does. Well, I'm more curious that if it takes God of War in its first week, because God of War was on PS4 and PS5 on Ragnarok, and that was the original. Yeah. And, and it's sold 5.1 only now. on this. So we have what? In July, they said that they had 40 million consoles sold. So we're probably guessing around another 10 million has probably been sold in that time. So they got about 50 million consoles. You got 2.5 million that had purchased it in the first 24 hours. So I would think it's going to be hard for it to beat Spider-Man, to be totally honest, because you got Spider-Man and Spider-Man. To beat God of War. God of War, I think it beats God of War. But I'm talking about, you said Spider-Man, if it beats Spider-Man, the original. Yeah, but in its entire, of its life cycle, that's what I mean. I still think it's going to be tough because you've got Spider-Man and Spider-Man Remastered, right? People bought that thing twice. True, true. So it's going to be tough for them to beat those numbers. I think it does beat God of War Ragnarok, though. And God of War Ragnarok was on two consoles. Yeah, so God of War sold 5.1 million units in its first week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see whether it eclipses that. But yeah, dude, um, obviously off to a huge start. It's been a minute since we've had uh, a PlayStation, a new PlayStation first party game. So this thing is obviously flying off the shelves. People are hungry for it. Um, massive, massive success. I, I'm going to guess, Court, that we're going to get more Spider-Man content from Insomniac. Well, it I, it's not in our... Um agenda but brian indahar was saying to ign today and I, I saw it all over the internet is he wouldn't be surprised for himself that if the third iteration it was some sort of a um captain america versus iron man type idea so that's what he is saying right now and then we also had that i put in the article there that they're you know hinting at possibly a venom game in between this and the next iteration of number three now, I'm only well, halfway through this story, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. give away anything, but I'm already just like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? And I'm only halfway through. Well, let's bring that story in right now, because coming from Insider Gaming, written by Mike Straw, Insomniac teases Venom game after Spider-Man 2. Could a standalone Venom game be on the way after Marvel Spider-Man 2? According to senior narrative designer, uh, director John Paquette at Insomniac, it's a possibility. In an interview with Insider, Paquette hinted at a potential spin-off game centered around Venom now that Spider-Man 2 is out the door. I want this to be one of the best Venom stories you've ever experienced. We'll see what the reviewers had to say, he said. He continued, so here's what we're doing. We're focused on Spider-Man 2, and we're gonna do what we're going to do is we're going to wait to see how the fans react. We're going to listen to the fans, and we're going to ask ourselves, okay, what do the fans really want? We'll kind of talk after uh, about stuff after we've all had time to sleep and take vacations. So I, I'm with you. We, we, we haven't really experienced Venom at all in the game yet. In ter- nope. So in terms of... Where the story heads and where what they're going to do with this character is an unknown for us. But I think, like, when I think of Spider-Man games, I think of, like, Ultimate Spider-Man, um, which, you know, was one of my favorite Spider-Man games and gave you, you know, the Spider-Man story and it gave you the Venom story. And playing as Venom was such a blast. And I, w- I would love to see a, a side story based on, uh, you know, your, a Spider-Man Miles Morales-like game focused on Venom. Um, I, I think it would be super, super dope. I think, obviously, the physicality is a much different thing. And even just, like, the hints that we've gotten to how much Peter like hulks out essentially in that symbiote suit. I can only imagine how satisfying it would be to just mow through enemies as Venom. But Court, is this what you want next? I from don't Insomniac? want a Venom game. No, I know, I, I, but I haven't played or been introduced to the character. So right now yep. in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to be 
the villain. I, I, I'm not a big fan of being the villain in a video game at all. So for me right now, it's a no. And that's solely because I've, I've still got my hopes that they we get a Spider-Gwen game. But I, I know, you know, Insomniac's pretty much killed that and said that ain't going to happen either. But for me, no. But if we get it, am I going to play it? Yeah. Let's yeah, be honest. We're gonna be I, all... I would be very interested in what Insomniac would do with the game because they've done such a phenomenal job in Spider-Man 2 with the story so far that, you know what, I have to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt and be like, they're going to do something phenomenal with it. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, um, what, what we're going to get next out of Insomniac. But right now, obviously, take a break, relax, enjoy. Oh, the one thing that I forgot to actually mention, um, talking about Spider-Man 2, and I'm going to bring this up now, I have had quite a few bugs with the game. Um, I had a couple quests that broke uh, mid-mission, and I had to basically restart, reload checkpoints to be able to thing. Uh, Miles at one point just turned into like what looked like a sugar cube, and I was just swinging around as a sugar cube. Um, and wow, I've had you a couple... have bad luck with video games. I usually don't, dude. That's the thing. It's just the last couple experiences between Assassin's Creed and now Spider-Man that I've had some bad luck because, like, it's been nothing that's like I've heard people talking about how it's crashed their console and stuff. I've had nothing to that extent. Um, but like when I was, there was this, there was a boss fight where I was playing the most recent one that you and I spoke of. I'm not going to spoil anything, but the villain that I was fighting jumped up and just got stuck in a tree and I, I couldn't do anything to, to hit them out. They couldn't come back out. There was nothing that I could do. They were just stuck in this tree. Um, so I've, I've had a few things like that where like, uh, I've had a cutscene where the audio just disappeared. Uh, I had a cutscene where Peter's model just disappeared and it was just invisible. Um, so I, I've had a couple things that like, despite that, I am absolutely loving the game and none of these things, like I was just kind of like, ha restart the checkpoint and continued on. Nothing like that hindered my experience. Um, but the, I've, I have had a, a, like more bugs with this game than I've had with any of the other Insomniac games prior. So uh, that is just I, one thing to flag. I had one little thing that happened when we were um, at Coney Island. Uh, I was in a mm-hmm. battle um, and the enemies didn't move. Like they just stood there and I could just beat them up and I, whatever. I, but I think it is what it is. It's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully mm-hmm. they patch it and fix it. But I think what we're seeing on the internet from one side to the other in this console warring stuff is almost getting to the point where I can't take it anymore. Dude. And like I am unfollowing people that are liking or retweeting any of it and, and adding to the fire because I'm at the point where – and it, you, you could tell it's Xbox. It's 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 one side, right? It's all these people on the Xbox side going, "Hey, you know this game is trash." Blah blah blah. We someone just called the game overrated in our chat. Like you're you have all this stuff going on, and I don't. I'll never ever ever understand it. Like there are prominent Xbox people that I am seeing them retweet and add to this fire of you know this game is trash and ha 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 and doing all this stuff and like. Starfield has a million bugs, but it's still a good game. Like, I just, I don't understand. I don't know a game that doesn't come out nowadays that doesn't have bugs. I'm not making excuses for the game. What you're saying, if that happened to me, I'd be extremely frustrated. But I think what we're seeing on the internet has gotten to the point of disgusting. And it's it's, it's it's interesting because I got asked a question by Nagachaka about comparing it to sports. Like, who, which, which fan base is more um, toxic? Mm-hmm. And I'll still say that the sports fan base is toxic because they'll go to someone's house and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they'll, you know, they'll hit people in public, all that kind of stuff. In the video yep. game world, it's just they're going after 
it's almost like they're console to console, which is very interesting, but it's more cowardly, I would almost say, in the video game world. Like these to to love a console that much that you spend every minute of your energy to put out hate and vitriol towards the other side and trying to prove a point that doesn't really exist is just sad. Dude, it's it's exhausting. I've been very liberal with the block button the last few days. Uh, just because, again, similarly, like, there was a person that was, like, um, and I'm not going to name names or anything here, but that they were basically, like, hoping that more negative reviews hit so that that way um, they literally said, like, the Insomniac's been celebrating so much that they got one of their first, pl- like, you know, 90-plus games and that... You know, like, I hope that it drops under 90 to take that away from them. And it's just like, what did these people who are literally just trying to do their job and make the best product that they can, what did they do to offend you personally so much that you wish that kind of unwell on them? And the part the part of the problem is, too, is that now on X and Twitter is that the clickbait, the, the hate stuff literally makes you money. So there's yep. a lot of people who are literally putting it out there who are now trying to just get a paycheck from it. So I've just been very liberal with the block button. People are like, look, you can see through the windows and it's the same person on floor one on floor four. Like, get bent. I'm sorry. If, if you have if you have so much time in your day that you can spend, like, you know, go Hey, but they still bought the game, game which doing... is the best part. Like, this, that's even, I, more people will spend money on something they hate than something they love. Dude, there was like, there was like a post that I saw that was like that called out, like, Three essential, like, very PlayStation Pro, uh, you know, accounts and three very, uh, you know, Xbox Pro accounts and saying how, like, on when Starfield launched, the PlayStation accounts, let's say, had, like, 15 people between them, um, like, 15 tweets between them on launch day. The, the, the top three Xbox accounts had, like, 200, like, Spider-Man tweets. It's just exhausting. So it's just, like... It's it's absolutely ridiculous on both sides, regardless of who it is. It's just yeah, one side does feel louder than the other. And like I'm just gonna say it, like in my in my mind, PlayStation's first party library even still far outweighs anything that Xbox has put out in years. So it's just like it, it is what it is. People are going to, you know, people have their preferences and and that's fine. But it's just like why go through so much effort to wish unwell on people who are literally doing nothing but doing their best to give a product that they feel proud of and that they care about. So I'm with you, dude. Like I've just been like I, I've hit a point now where I'm just I'm just blocking it. And there's nothing wrong with leveling fair criticism at a game. 100%. There's nothing wrong with talking about with with talking about bugs, talking about things that you wish you could have been better, decisions that were made that you didn't vibe with. There is absolutely nothing wrong with leveling that out there, as long as you're not rude and you're not a dick about it. But these count uh, these accounts go out of their way to be rude, to be to be hateful, genuinely awful people to just try and you know ring stuff out. And they'll be like, ah, oh, I'm just joking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have enough of a following that enough people who do follow you aren't going to be like, uh-huh, it's a joke. They'll take it, they'll rub, they'll send death threats, they'll be crappy about it. So, Dude, did you see Xbox Era gave it a 4 out of 5 and people got so mad. That was like the funniest. Bro! I saw all these people were like, oh, I, I need an Xbox site to uh, review it. And then Xbox Era does and they give it a 4 out of 5 and people, I I, I saw it and I thought people were just going to cry now. It's just it's just ridiculous, dude. But again, I don't want to I don't want to breathe any more friggin' oxygen into their into their crap. I don't want to put any more air into it. Um, if you like a game, that's fine. If you don't like a game, that's fine. Just be cognizant of your criticism and don't be hateful for the sake of being so. It's exhausting and it's useless. Let's stay on this Marvel's train though, Court, because we got a new story coming from IGN written by Ryan Dinsdale that the Iron Man game coming from EA is being developed in Unreal Engine Five and it's now the focus. 
EA Motive has confirmed it's developing its upcoming Iron Man game in Unreal Engine 5 in a long-awaited update from the studio. Revealed in a blog post, EA Motive said Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 5 will, quote-unquote, empower the dev team to work their magic and create something really special. It joins several other games like ba Black Myth Wukong, Tekken 8, and The Witcher Remake and using the engine with Lords of the Fallen being one of the first major games for use that uses it on release. I'm stoked about this, dude. Uh, I think Unreal Engine 5 is beautiful. I'm sure this game is going to look incredible. I just want, I, I'm just, I just want more. I just want, I just want to know what's going on with it. If it's anything like Anthem, but good, I'm 100% in. I, I just want them to make sure that they called Bioware and they were like, hey, how did you make your space people fly? Make our Iron Man fly exactly the same way because mm -hmm. they... I've said this before, like Arkham perfected the superhero combat and we get to play it in Marvel Spider-Man because, you know, Arkham definitely started it and now everybody just copies it and it's perfect. BioWare already perfected flying in mm -hmm. a mech suit. They've already perfected it. Yep. So please, all I'm asking is, please just contact them. So make sure that that point, part, sorry, is good. And then we'll go from there. I, I'm with you though. I would like to get... I want to know the story of it, where they're going with the game. Like, give me mm -hmm. a story trailer. I don't care if it's all, you know, just cutscenes. I'm fine with that. I want to know where they're taking it because I, I do believe EA and Bioware, they're, you know, same side. So I'm sure that they went there and were like, okay, you guys do the, the mechanics and the, the combat system because we've already done it. That is awesome. But I want to see if, if anything that we've seen from EA recently with, you know, the Star Wars stories when they have now done that single player story campaign and they've let them do what they're going to do. I want to see them let them do it out with the Iron Man. And I want, I think almost an origin story of Iron Man. Mm -hmm. I want to start out when you're a dick. Like I really want to go from a dick to a hero to the, the anti-hero. I, I want that story. So I'm really hoping they do that. So I uh, like the thing that I'm really curious about, because I think we've had confirmation that it's open world, or at least that's kind of the running theory is just, where is this thing going to be set? Uh, we've like, you know, the Stark tower was in New York. I don't think we're going back to New York after spending three Spider-Man games there. Uh, I don't think we'd go back to New York. So, you know, there is a comic run of superior Iron Man when he goes out to the West coast and he's basically in some, I think it was San Francisco. Um, so I'd love to see something along those lines. My only, the only thing is, is that like, I think we'd probably see the intro stuff that you're talking about probably in flashbacks, just cause I can't see them having an open world that would build in a level structure like that. Unless they're going the Guardians of the Galaxy route and this is going to be a number of levels back to back that tell, you know, that, that it's more focused on the story. But if they're going the open world route, then I'm guessing we see that in flashbacks. And I'd like to see somewhere like, like a San Francisco, give me, give me even like a Vegas, give me somewhere cool that well, isn't has the, more. Isn't the movie, him, he's in California? Like isn't Iron Man 2 when his house falls into the ocean? Isn't that California? Uh, Maybe. Because his, right. fall, remember, his house gets blown up and falls into the ocean. Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, sorry. Uh, Yeah, I think he's like, I think that was in like. I don't want an open world Iron Man because you fly. So it's just, you're, you're just going to have video after video of people flying into a wall and saying, look, you can't go any further in the map. I, I don't want that at all. Like, I don't want an open world Iron Man game. I want a linear, semi-open world Iron Man game. That's what I want. Like a zone based. Yes. See, then the problem is I just worry that they're going to get uh, – they're going to get criticism that will be leveled like like the Avengers was because that's essentially what the Avengers game was. You had your Iron Man. You could fly. They were zones. 
Um, so that would be my only worry. Well, the criticisms with Avengers, let's let's be real here, with the mechanics of the game at all. Right. It had But they're gonna they're gonna the, draw the story them of the game was actually pretty decent until they jumped yes, the shark it was. and decided to no longer make Kamala Khan the, the main character out of nowhere. Um and then they just ruined the story from then on. But that had more to do with like the weird like base stuff that was in the game and like it was trying to be something that it wasn't. Well, save the game is with you. He wants, they, they, you know, he wants a linear game as well. Um, I'm curious to see. I, I loved Guardians. I love Spider Man. So whichever direction that they go in, whether it's open world or not, I just want to see more of it. Give me Mandarin. Give me the OG Mandarin as the villain here, yeah, not as the, the main TV, villain. Not That's the movie one. He was bad. Yeah, it, it, it was not great. Well, <laughs> no, the Mandarin in Shang Chi was good. The Mandarin in Iron Man was not so good. Agreed. So. Uh, let's move on to our next story because coming from VGC, PlayStation has patented a controller that stores and charges wireless earbuds. The company released announced recently announced its first wireless earbuds called Pulse Explorer. According to a patent filed by the company last week, which was spotted on Game Rant, the company is exploring giving a new controller the ability to store, charge, and pair in-ear headphones. The patent includes images showing that the earbuds could potentially be stored in several different positions on the controller, including under the touchpad, suggesting that the configuration wasn't finalized when it was published. Um, so we know that we're getting the, the Pulse Explorer. Mm-hmm. I think that this is cool in theory. Yes. My biggest worry is the battery. Because oh, we yeah. already have enough complaints about the DualSense and the DualSense Edge's battery to then put in earbuds that are going to charge off of this thing, presumably. I think they would need to do so. They would need some new battery tech to make this work. I like this idea. I, I, I'm interested to see how it would be in practice. I don't like it because I already think the DualSense weighs too much. So now you're going to be putting the earbud, like more mechanics in it to even weigh it down even more. I don't like this at all. Like if you're, my earbuds can go charge somewhere else. I don't need them to like slide up and, and make another component on the dual sense that can break. People always talk about stick drift. Now we're going to have, you know, the mechanic to open up the, the, the touchpad here to start breaking or the touchpad stop being responsive because there is now a new section where it can break from where the wires are connected. I don't like it at all. I, I don't think I need it. I think it's just a patent. I think a lot of companies patent a lot of things doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make them. They just want to make sure that no one else can do it unless they pay them to do it. So they put in a patent just in case like a secondary controller, people were like, hey, we're going to do this. Fair. And then Sony can walk up and be like, cool story. You're going to pay me though. True. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see if, if this ever comes to fruition. Um, I'm going to bunny hop over a couple of these stories, Court, so we'll save them for next week. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is coming from, once again from VGC, written by Jordan Midler. PlayStation's visual arts appears to have suffered layoffs. Visual arts is supported some of PlayStation's biggest franchises. Several developers have announced that they have been laid off from PlayStation's visual arts group. Among them, former senior level designer Daniel Bellamere wrote, Unfortunately, following a wave of layoffs last week was my last week at PlayStation. While this is certainly not the news I was hoping for, I'm grateful to have had a chance to work amongst extremely talented colleagues on incredible projects, and I'm leaving, the good, I'm leaving with good memories of my time there. Bellamere is based in San Diego and was working on an unannounced project. It's unclear if he was based at PlayStation's Visual Arts Group or Sony San Diego. The San Diego-based Visual Arts Group was founded in 2007 and the goal of growing PlayStation's biggest franchises. Uh, They announced they worked on The Last of Us Part 1 and there was another couple employees that also posted uh, that they were laid off. So, uh, Court, what's going on here? Um, I think this is just the, the normal of this industry. It's unfortunate. Um, it seems that every couple weeks we hear about a new studio that's doing layoffs. 
these games are getting a lot more expensive to make and the profit margins are lesser and less as they're getting sold. So what is happening is you have these huge tentpole, game, tentpole games that eat up majority of what is being purchased. And I, I hate to say it because based on what we're learning about the subscription model service, that isn't helping because people aren't getting as much money as they did in the past. Even though Starfield is actually um, showing that it possibly could be, you could get both. But as of the statistics and what we got all from like, you know, the court case and what we found out, that is not the reality in the situation. And these smaller developers and these other studios aren't getting as much. So if you're looking at PlayStation, what they're doing, they're obviously be changing direction. They went in a direction where they were going to be making all these games of service. We haven't seen much of it yet. And we're already one of the biggest ones that was going to come out, which is The Last of Us, is in purgatory right now. So I think this just sucks. Like, I feel so terrible for all the people that are losing their jobs. And it seems to be the normal in this industry. It's either, you know, the on the writing side or the, the content side. You can see from all these big sites, boom, and they do layoffs. And it's almost like a game comes out. And a couple months later, that studio lays off 10% of the people. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's super unfortunate. Obviously, our hearts go out to anybody who has lost a job, and we hope you land on your feet soon. I mean, coming from a place like Visual Arts, who's worked on stuff like The Last of Us, I'm sure you know. I, I'd hope that you find you know new work quickly. Uh, yeah, it sucks, dude. I, I think you're kind of spot on. I think that you know development times are getting longer and they're getting more drawn out, so we're getting less of these tentpole these tentpole uh, games coming. You know, because like 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 I mentioned before, Spider Man Two. What was the last first-party game that came out of PlayStation that wasn't a remake? Good point. I, I got to wear Ragnarok. Got to wear Ragnarok a year no, ago. No, be the show. I, I, you know I, what? I would say that's a remake because you're just it, it is it, you're changing well, the game each year, but it's still first. Well, party. I mean, it is. I like. I kind of don't think about MLB the show the same way Fire that I think Ultra? about the rest of the fr- VR. Was that first party? Yeah. It says when you turn on the game. I'll I, keep talking. I'll, I'll Google. Double check. I think you're right, though, with God of War Ragnarok being the last kind of like major one, which was a year ago now. So a lot of these times that they're looking to sell these games, the the you know it, they're not making as much of them, and they're not making as much on them. Uh, Kevin, the chat. Let's make shorter and cheaper to develop games. I'm serious. 100. percent I have people are you know you know again throwing criticism at Spider-Man 2 that it's too short. I think it's the perfect length for a game, especially if you're looking at a 25-hour platinum of 15 to 20-hour story. Like it, it's perfect. I can get through it in a week, in a couple weeks and move on to the next thing. I would much rather have that. Obviously there's a place for bigger longer games, that's fine, but that doesn't have to be the 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 thing. We don't need to have the map is bigger. We don't have to have there's more stuff to do every time. Court? So it was MLB the show. Is the only other 2023 release for a first party studio. Before that, it was God of War, Gran Turismo, Horizon and MLB the show 22. When was the last of us part 1? Last year. Yeah, but this, it's not that doesn't so like I'm getting the full list. They don't count that because it's a re-release. So it's a it remake. Goes, yeah. Yeah. So they don't count it as a the the last non-remake was MLB The Show 23. And then, that's like, again, crazy. that's a that's an annualized series at this point, so that's why I kind of keep it in its own corner. So it's then it was God of War. very good, though. I'm not, I'm not discounting its quality. I'm just saying that, like, you know what you're getting every year with that game. That yeah. is a game that they pump out every year. So, like, it's not it's not a surprise there. Yes. Uh, Steve in the chat, quality over quantity, a 30-hour highly produced game is more valuable than a 60-hour middling game. It also helps with production cycles. 100%. A hundred percent, but you know, I loved go Assassin's out to Creed Mirage, and it was very Same. interesting that I loved it for what it was. 
I think it was a perfect stepping stone into making them better. They experimented, they went back and they did a smaller, I think there's a lot of things they can do better. But I, the story was, I thought the story was phenomenal, even though I wasn't a big fan of uh, Bassam and even the ending doesn't make sense considering what I did in Valhalla. But I think it was a good start that they can do this. And mm-hmm. Insomniac proved it. They've done, they put out Spider-Man and then they put out Miles Morales. I think mm-hmm. that's what we need to get to. If you're going to put out these huge, huge games, give it time. Don't rush them, but give us something in the middle. And if they do that, I think we're going to keep the industry working more because I think these 30-hour games will sell. It's not like, you know, when the Order 1886 came out and everybody got all mad because they were like, it's just not as long as like... It's four hours long, yeah. yeah. What's wrong with this game? You know what? There's nothing wrong with those games. Those games are great. We we need to stop looking on how long it takes you to the game. Just look at, was the story any good? Did it tell the story it needed to tell? That's it. And I think like I think Ubisoft did something great with Assassin's Creed Mirage by making it a shorter title and making it cheaper. If you had a wider array of price points for a lot of these shorter games, I think it would like the industry at large, it would be a much easier pill to swallow. Uh, now I'm not saying that every game that's X amount of time should be X amount of price, but I think it should be something that could be that that should be looked at on a wider scale. The problem is, is that like, is that gonna happen? I mean, we'll find out. But Court, let's hop into some questions because we have some questions that we gotta roll through here. Uh, if you want your questions on the show. Let us know. Join the free Discord. We're, we're active there. You can ask us questions. We'll bring them in. And if you, or you can go post on X each and every week. Just like Black Wyver did, who asks question for the show. How does the Spidey trilogy compare against the Arkham trilogy, Court? Oh, this is not fair. I feel this is a loaded question for me. Um, I have to, I think I have to finish Spider-Man 2 first. Right now, I'm leaning towards the Arkham. Mind you, the Arkham, the last game that we got from it, I was not a fan of. I really hated the whole Batmobile combat. I could do without it. It it deterred from the story, and they got crazy with the Riddler trophies. But Spider-Man might be able to beat it, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah, for me, it's it's Spider-Man all day. Like, I I, I liked... Again, I'm biased. My favorite superhero. I love these games. I love the developer. I really enjoyed uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. I never even got. I never even played Arkham Knight because, again, of everything that I heard in the the combat, the Batmobile combat was like, eh, I'll get to this eventually. I just never did. Um, but like again, I, I'm biased here. Spider Man's my favorite, as as you can tell from all these things around me and the thing that I'm wearing. Um, but I, I personally prefer the Spider Man games. I like that the combat's more fluid. I like the that the uh, I like the stories more. I like the characters more. I like the fluidity of the traversal more. Um, so that's again a personal thing. But I can I can understand the argument for the Arkham series. I genuinely can. Batman doesn't have uh, web shooters, so he can't you know do that. He glides yeah, he though. Just has this like, stupid, literally yeah, he has this the stupid con- little like, to me, grappling hook. I, I think we're splitting hairs here on the combat when the combat's pretty much almost the same. Nope, it is. Okay, Spider Man's is better. Okay, more fluid, more aerial. Yep, it's because they're different uh, people. Anyways. Anyways, uh, Ash underscore Trobot writes in and says, are Insomniac the greatest, de- the greatest developer at the moment? In the PlayStation? Actually, yeah. Uh, well, I still, I, I got to give it to Rockstar because what they do with Grand Theft Auto, they put a game inside a game inside a game inside a game and that game can just blossom into whatever people want it to be. But as a PlayStation studio, yes, they are the best in the staple. And that's saying a lot considering The Last of Us is my favorite franchise. I would say Insomniac just gets it like ratchet and the clank still it's probably one of the best games you can play in playstation plus extra right now 
Uh, my daughter mm-hmm. loves that game. They just all they do is make good video games. And I would say yeah. if Sucker Punch can follow up Ghost of Tsushima, then PlayStation's going to have three, like three yep. studs, like studs, like th- and what they paid for Insomniac and what they bring to the table is better than anything that Xbox just bought in that Activision Blizzard deal. A hundred percent. And the thing is, it's like, I understand the argument for Rockstar, but like from everything that we know about Insomniac, I genuinely think, I think the argument can be made for being the greatest developer. The speed at which they make the games without burning out their staff, without going through, you know, without going through crunch by all reports off the last couple of games, that was one of the running stories is that they didn't crunch to make those games. Um, the quality at which they make them at, the, the, the properties and IP that they have under their belt. I genuinely think the argument can be made that Insomniac is the best there is right now in terms of by all accounts, studio culture, by the games they put out, by the the fact that we've had how many Spider-Man games or how many Insomniac games, period, since The Last of Us Part Two, Right? It, like, dude. Ratchet and no, I know again, apart, if people really like it, they're really going to like some parts that are in Spider-Man 2. That's all I'm going to say. So that that's what I mean. Like, there's they're, they're just they're just moving full clip. Are there other games that are better? Sure. But can you take a look at the entire stable of what Insomniac does, does done and the way that they treated their employees? I don't think I can tell you I, this. I, I, I haven't finished Spider-Man 2, but it's my game of the year. Same. Same. Nagachaka writes in, building right off of what Court just said. Now that you've had some time with Spider-Man 2, has this game changed your personal 2023 game of the year? Do you think it has a chance of winning game of the year at this year's video game awards? It is my game of the year, but Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win game of the year. But and that's just the way everything goes every year i pick a game that definitely isn't going to win game of the year sometimes it does uh god of war i i wanted like sometimes it does artful escape was my game of the year psychonauts 2 was my game of the year but for me right now spider-man 2 i haven't even finished it and i can't stop smiling playing this game it is just way too good i now understand how painful it was for steve and riley in the five and a half hour drive from Toronto to Montreal to not talk about this game and to only talk about it when I left the car. I now get it. I also get when we went out to dinner how no one wanted to stop talking about this game and then they would look mm-hmm. at me like, just can you just leave the room? It is, yeah. I'm enamored with the story and I can't get over it. It is the best thing that Sony has released for me story-wise since Ghost of Tsushima. Dude, 100% with you. Again, I knew I was going to love this game. I didn't think it would knock Baldur's Gate 3 off the top spot for me. It has, and I'm not even done the game yet. Um, it is my personal game of the year. I don't see anything else changing that between now and the end not of December. No. Is it is it going to win game of the year at the Game Awards? No. it's gonna. I think it's going to come down to between Baldur's Gate and Tears of the Kingdom. I think it's just going to be a question of recency bias and everything else around those games. Uh, I think that it's going to be a brawl between those two. Is, could it win best action adventure? Could it win something along those lines? 100%. Uh, I think there is value here uh, in this game. And I think for a lot of people, it will be their personal game of the year. I just don't think it's going to take that coveted spot. It's I think the, the year best is, superhero think, game ever made. So 100%. Far. Yeah. I just think that like this year is too stacked as a whole uh, in terms of critical darlings for it. Like I think on, in, in a different year, I think it could win. Jaden Rose writes in and writes, Hello, Court and Matt. I hope everything has been well with the both of you. Likewise, my friend. Yes, I think Steve, Steve touched I can, a little sorry, bit on the... Ha- Steve, I can admit, we're good friends. 
Yeah, you're good friends. Uh, since it's all, re- uh, I think Steve touched a little bit on the haptic feedback for Spider-Man Two a few episodes ago. Since its release, has a DualSense controller contributed to your enjoyment of the game at all? Any interesting slash immersive features or functions? Ever since Astro's Playroom, which purposes to showcase slash show off the hardware, I've been obsessed with the way studios choose to incorporate DualSense features into their games. I love the web swinging. I, I love the fact that Sony, for some reason, and they somehow can pull it off in all their first-party games. Like in, in God of War, you could feel it when you threw the axe. Or in Horizon, you can feel it when you're pulling the bow. You literally feel the haptics every single time you're web-swinging. And that's why I, when I do the web-wing, sometimes I'm just like, oh, man. I wish, actually, what my suggestions is, I wish when you were flying through the air that the noise of the air would come through the speaker in your in the front. Yeah. Um, I will say this. There are um, settings that are more amazing than even the haptic feedback that you can do. So there's shortcuts. So I would suggest to everybody to go into the settings for Spider-Man 2 as soon as you're playing it. And you can actually have it so you no longer have to press pause to um, bring up the photo mode. Because the photo mode in this game is unbelievable. You can actually make a shortcut so you can use the D-pad where you can just press it. And that'll bring up your photo mode because otherwise you are pressing pause to take a snapshot to do all that kind of stuff. But yes, like there are um, the triggers and I almost think they could have done more. I do really like the um, taking the two circles and with it, the yes. R2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to say what it's for, but making sure you line up in the little square with the circle. Yeah. I think they've made much better use of it this time around. You can feel like the wind, you can feel the rain, you can feel the vibrations. I think they've actually done a really, really great job with using the dual sense functionality. Like Court mentioned, there is a there's a mini game that you'll play a bunch of times where you're essentially using the haptic feedback on the and like the kind of pressure on the on the triggers to hold different things in different places. Um, there's like especially an a point in a mission that we've alluded to that we're not going to spoil, but you can feel vibrations at a time when it's very important for you to do so. I think that they've really put a lot of love into using this thing properly. Um, and I think it's probably one of my favorite uses of the DualSense, period. I, um, I think the DualSense makes it so games are more enjoyable. Like, yes. perfect example, um, just recently when I was playing the Crew Motorfest, I ended up having to be able to play it also on the Xbox. So I have it on PlayStation and Xbox. There's no way that I would want to play that on the Xbox over the PlayStation because you could feel your acceleration and deceleration or pressing the brake in the triggers. Like it instantly, yep. like I'm very confused by with Call of Duty beta that I was having a lot of fun with. People were like, oh, I, I hate the haptic feedback. I'm like, I think that's amazing. But people hate it. And I'm like, well, I guess you don't like a version, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll I will we'll definitely keep you posted if there's anything more. But we have one last final question, of course, from the homie Steve McVari. Hi, PlayStation Drive, long time, first time. On a scale of one to ten, how much did that mission ruin you emotionally? Don't spoil anything. I'm sure they were talking about the same mission as you alluded to before. Uh, I haven't played it yet, so I'm not going to comment. But there are other missions that have ruined me. Do uh, it was. I did it this morning, like very first thing, and I put out a tweet because I, my daughter cried, and it destroyed me. So we were playing it together, and she went, "What happened?" And I had to explain. And then when it kicked in for her, um, I just lost my grandma. So, like, it was a lot because she got Mm -hmm. to understand what that is. So, like, I got to go see it through her eyes, and it made her cry right before school today. And it it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. I'm very, very 
both looking forward and not looking forward to playing that mission, but I will keep you updated and I'm sure I'll have thoughts next week. And of course, he has one more question. How much are we all prepared to spend to see Blink-182 one more time? Uh, too much. Steve, they just announced a new tour. They're coming back to Toronto next year. Uh, this is it's, it's going to be a bloodbath trying to get tickets for that thing that aren't abs- absurdly expensive. But... We'll keep you posted. I love that album. That album's fantastic. It's one of my favorite yes. Blink albums in a long, long Very time. Very good. Yeah, I'm going to try so, and go so to good. that show, but I, my budget is um, I'm not spending over $200 for a concert ticket. It makes no sense. I actually, um, as someone that just recently, his daughter got to go see um, Taylor Swift in the movie theaters, mm-hmm. more bands need to do that because yep. it's become a thing. Like my daughter came back from it thinking it was the greatest thing she's ever done it. She was like, everybody in the theater was having a great time. So I think if Blink wants to do like a, hey, we'll film it and we'll put out a video, I'll definitely go see that. And then it's more affordable for people because the price of concert tickets right now is just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm expecting at least 300 bucks. Uh, Steve, hit me up. Let's figure it out. If you're going, let's go together. Um, But yeah, that brings us to the end of the show, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you wanted to see here and if you wanted to see and hear more of Court, where could you do that? You can find me on Twitter at Court Lalonde or find me on Carpool Gaming on Twitter as well. Or you can catch me every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time for Three Dads in a Console. Of course, go check out Three Dads. Who knows? Maybe there's a, a soon-to-be dad that might be coming on an episode sometime in the future. We'll find out. Uh-huh. Uh, you can also find us both at Console Creatures. Our, our words are there. You can find me over on X at Matt underscore Silver Soul. We appreciate and love you all very, very much. But of course, we have to shout out our wonderful, our incredible patrons. Uh, we, we couldn't do this without any one of y'all, but of course, we have to shout out our ultimate producers as I'm very quickly pulling this up. Our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller, Robbie Bobby Miller who you can find in the description below. He has a new list podcast. Go check that out. You can check out Tony Baker at youtube.com slash quest for pixels. Jonathan Brown, an amazing musical entity go find his link tree at pme.jib lee navarro who is our phoenix fierce leader of the phoenix overdrive extra life team go check him out at phoenixoverdrive.com and of course trucker sloth and the homie quagmire our platinum producer rj kern and our gold members adam k anna awesome dave 1337 bowza brian eck brian reese cecily carosa dan and luma dano drellish emily o'kelly hopple john 32 marcus o'neill marcus mccracken mo spankings pay hey ep and tim Alf, thank you all so so much for your support we'll be back next week keep it swinging folks peace